Hello and welcome to the Hunter's Hub. This is the video game podcast born of the Moss Center community. And tonight we are talking about uh, sidekicks and pets and all those fun side characters, uh, sort of side characters, I guess, that yeah. accompany you in your adventures. And we're going to do a tournament and come up with the best one. We have a whole list that we're going to put together and we're going to bracket together. So, uh, Sasha is joining me tonight and I'm four to one if I didn't say that already. So how you doing? I'm all right. I, I worked all day. I wrote, this report was only like 30 ish pages. That's so it's not as bad as last week, but yeah, 30 pages yeah. is a lot. It is. It is a lot. Um, but it got like done. A, it got done. Do you have done. like a formula that you do that in? Because even my ecologies had a formula that I or a template that I used. Um, yes, there are templates. The problem is that you know it's like a person who doesn't actually have to write reports and do this shit came up with the template and oh, like no. doesn't care okay. when we tell them that it takes us ten hours to do it and we're only reimbursed for four or five or six hours sometimes because the insurance doesn't give a shit about all of that they're like hey no give us you know give us the meat and potatoes of it and they skim through it and then you know so it's more organizational that requires <laughs> me to do that much mm-hmm. and there is a formula in my own head to it but it's a little more work when I didn't write the previous report like another clinician did. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's like the, the the epitome of suck. You not only have to fix someone else's work, but also I got to I got to reformat it too. Yeah. 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 Oh my so, gosh. It yeah, it's all right. But it's done. It's done. And I'm going to play Starfield all day tomorrow. So I wish I could game all day tomorrow. There is a family day at uh, Emery's cheerleading, so I am driving up there. Oh, fun! So I mean, it's it's important to her, so I'm gonna go. But yeah, but it's a drive. Yep, and it's gonna yep. be in the sun, and there are 300 kids. Oh god! And every single kid is gonna have at least one parent announced. If they don't, they're gonna feel real sad. Aww. So yeah, or guardian yeah. or whatever. Probably whatever don't want that want. to happen in front of two hundred ninety nine other children. No, and six hundred potential of their parents. <laughs> <laughs> Upwards of six hundred parents. Yeah. They're like, it's. We want you to line up fifteen minutes before, and I'm like, fifteen minutes isn't enough time. So I. I almost think that's the sweet spot because think about it. How old are all these kids? Like uh, elementary aged? Yeah, elementary. Oh, yeah. So look, you have to have enough time budgeted to get them in line, but not enough time that then they're off task. Yeah, true. It's like 15 minutes is the sweet spot. Fair enough. Okay. Well, um,. I got some gaming in. Um, so I started Armored Core 6. Okay. Pl- is that the... Is that the new the, From Software? Yes, I was going to say the, the From Software. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. 
Oh, I no. don't like it so much that I turned it back in. <gasps> and I have you not done do this. That. No, I do not. So I was like, you know what? I am never going to finish this game. I am never going to play it again. And I turned in Callisto Protocol because it was on the bottom of my stack. And I don't care to get to that into my stack. So I turned wow. them both in. I mean, while it still has value, that makes sense. You'll get around yeah. to it again. True. So I started Resident Evil 4. Okay. And that was, uh, I've had it since it came out which I think is sometime, like, in March. <laughs> you ever feel so, like there's just so much of, like, a specific game's content or, like, a series content that your brain can't accept any more new information? Like, you say Resident Evil 4, and I go, I don't know what that means. Like, I know what Resident Evil means, but I don't know what specifically Resident Evil 4 means anymore. Well... For context, Resident Evil 4 is probably the most liked Resident Evil because it's the first one that was like moving away from the tank controls back in the day. Resident Evil 4 was huge, like very big in its day. And then it getting the remake was a big deal and it did really well this year. But it's not going to hit anyone's Game of the Year's lists because this year is just fucking crazy. Uh, There was a completionist video on YouTube today about how he doesn't even know what he's going to do this year because there's so many good games and he can't even get through Starfield because like it was a big, like he planned was, he promised he was going to do Starfield. He's like, a, it's so big. Yeah. B, I don't even know if I can complete it, let alone get a video out on it. And you're like, see, and look at all these other games that came out this year that I've either A, completed, B, are in the process of completing, or C, will have to do. And <laughs> like this year is, this is one of those years that we're going to write down the history of gaming of so many good games because, yeah, it's just a nuts year. And I, I mean, think our- we've, we've needed it. We have needed it. I feel like gaming has i haven't felt excited about new games coming out like really excited in a long time like i'm like oh yeah cool great that's a new there's a new pokemon game or oh there's a new they're remastering this version of a game but i have was so 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 excited to play starfield like i don't think i felt that way since maybe skyrim came out fallout 4 uh, yeah, I would say Diablo 4 was the big hype for me for a long time. Like, I talked about Diablo 4 for two years in our January episode where I was like, this is the year, right? Isn't it? This is the year we're mm. going to get Diablo 4. Like, um, so. I, I am very happy with Starfield. I think it's almost exactly what I expected it to be. Um, The only, like, downside to that is it's more Fallout 4 than any of the other Fallout games in space. Oh, sure. You know, like, you know, I just think Fallout 4 is the worst of the Fallouts. So, you know, it is what it is, but I I am thoroughly enjoying myself. I'm not going to pretend like I'm not. It's very fun. Sure. But just would be a lot better if it was, like, just like Fallout 3 in space. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've heard a lot. Of, I've heard some people lament they want the VAT system, and I'm like, I don't know. This is. I don't need the VATs. I. One thing I do love, and I'm loving, especially how much the you like younger generation of gamers are feeling about this, is that there's no real like map of your area, like where you're at. So it's like Morrowind. Oh. It's like playing Morrowind. You have mm-hmm. to pay attention. You need to actually pay attention to your surroundings and. I, I think that with the like vastness of the game that it creates a level of disorientation that gamers are not used to because you just yeah. have this mini map and a uh, like a little marker that shows you where to walk the whole time and that's not entirely helpful in Starfield if it is there. Yeah, because it's about I, exploration. Yeah, and so. Uh, I think the last time I have experienced that in a game was Morrowind, where you feel smart when you accomplish things and find things. And hmm. So I do yeah. like that. I, I appreciate that. I, I will say that while there is a uh, an overall map that shows you everywhere you've been in Baldur's Gate, um, it doesn't do a great job of telling you exactly where to go. There is a lot of you do have to figure out how to get where you want to go. Um, but there definitely are, like, it definitely is, you can follow the map and like, okay, you can see that it's like, if you press like the map, you can see it's like out in the black way out over here, but that doesn't mean there's a straight path to that. There's, you know, sometimes you even have to go to a whole different, like sub level, go underneath and come up and it's, yeah. So it's a little bit like that, but it's it's got more than what you're saying than Starfield does, obviously. But Yep. So my husband's playing Baldur's Gate right now. Mhm. I was I went walking out right before I I settled in here and he's and create a character and he's creating a guardian and I'm like, "Why does that look like you're making me?" And he like turns and it has like a long ponytail braid and it's got like facial features that look like me. And I'm like, yeah, that does. he's like, yeah, I'm making you. He goes, do you want a beard? I'm like, did you make me a dwarf? <laughs> like, I did. <laughs> and I told him I did want a beard because if I was a dwarf, I would have a beautiful, luxurious beard. Of course. That is funny. Hey, at least he's making you. That's that's something, right? <laughs> I don't care. He's a dwarf, too. Yeah, I mean he's that's why gold, he's a gold dwarf. That's what he made. Okay, I mean I'm, my my character is a shield dwarf. That's what I am. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, that's that's funny. Uh, my guardian, I just randomized some sort of weird elf thing. So, just like literally hit elf and then hit randomize, and it was like, hey, she has pink hair and da da da. I was like, whatever, don't care. Like I'm not. Yeah, it's. It's different. I don't actually know. You can romance that character. I ran into it. I mean, I don't care if he romances me or not. It's a video game. I'm not really jealous of pixels. Uh, you're doing a, a step better than my ex-wife. I've told you about that one, right? With the Stardew yeah. Valley. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, more power to you. So, um, <laughs> so the... Um, sidekick slash pet, um, you know, who is the best boy or girl, uh, bracket, 
Uh, so let's get started. Uh, so we're, we're going to go back and forth adding things to the list. If we have a duplicate, I have some backups and we can add some more if we think of them or whatnot. I'm hoping I re tried really hard not to pick things that you would have picked. So hopefully I we don't have, run into a lot of this stuff. I, I kind of did the same. I tried to pick stuff that was on brand for me. Um, and I, I tried to pick a couple that weren't on, you know, the general lists when you Google best video game. A lot games. of mine, a lot of mine came from a Reddit post about the same thing. And a lot of just Reddit users chiming in and they reminded me of like 100%. Yes, that should be on the list or something. But yeah, because yeah, like I, I saw I saw a few on Reddit where I was like, yeah, yeah, obviously the dog in Metal Gear or uh, in Grand Theft Auto five is belongs on the list but i've put about one hour into grand theft auto 5 so it's not hitting here and dear to my heart no i i've never played it so i i didn't even know there was a dog so <laughs> oh yeah there's a dog he's pretty cute i think his name's chop or chops or something he's mm. he's one of the characters dogs and he walks around with you he's cute okay I, I saw something about a bear from Far Cry 6. That was... Saw that as well. I was like, this is... Ace is missing an episode that he could have brought some unique uh, mm -hmm. choices to. So saw a lot of things from his his wheelhouse. Well, well, he's on an anniversary date, so I don't blame him for not being yeah. here tonight. Yeah. So, have, have fun with uh, Andrea. I don't know if he's listening or will, but I'm sure he will. And happy anniversary. Yeah. So do you want to start us off or do you want me to start? Uh, sure. I'll start off with the one that I is, is probably an overlap. Um, mm -hmm. So I have tails from Sonic. Okay. I did not pick this one. Really? Yeah. Um, he doesn't have his own game. I don't know why. I just don't, I'm not a Sonic fan, so I just didn't, I saw him on every list and I was like, yeah, it's Tails, whatever. I didn't even consider him, like, honestly. <laughs> Tails was the very first one I put on the list, even before the obvious I, choice from me. I don't know. It, it, he 100% deserves to be on the list. He just, I just passed him up. Like, I just, like, didn't consider him, I guess. Okay, so Tails uh, is first on the list. And what we're going to do uh, to the, uh, audience if i didn't mention this before i'm writing these down and i have a random list generator and that's going to make the seeds for the tournament randomized and then we're going to go through the brackets and do the discussion um which is going to take a little bit of me typing in what the teams are you know between we'll have a little i don't know intercession talk about something else while i'm doing that but okay. yeah so tails uh my first one is sparks the dragonfly from spyro Okay. He's Not on the my list. Yeah, he's a, he's a basically he's there to collect gems and eat butterflies for you because in a 3D collectathon game, actually running into the thing you need to collect is usually a thing, but in the flighty old controls of Spyro, it, it helped you out. Sparks helped you out by having a larger pickup radius. So, and he was your health indicator. Whose color did that? I do remember that because I played a lot of the demo. 
<laughs> yeah, I did too yep. today. <laughs> yep. Okay, so uh, your second entry. Pikachu. Okay, this might be an overlap because I said any Pokemon. I I specifically picked Pikachu because I think because he's of kind of the quintessential like yeah. companion okay. Pokemon. He got his own like let me follow you around game, and then Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah. So I will put a note on any Pokemon. We'll make this a backup in case we need we're out can plumb out of other ideas. Okay. We'll say any other Pokemon. How about that? All right. Cause like it's obvious in the world of Pokemon, that's literally my number two was any other Pokemon. Um in the world of Pokemon, anyone can have a partner like Pikachu. It's just Pikachu was known because of Ash and its popularity and such. So that's why I thought of any Pokemon before I thought of Pikachu. But yeah, Pikachu is definitely up there. So that, that is an overlap. So uh, we'll move on to your number three since that was my number two. Okay. Dog meat. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the one of the ones I specifically avoided because I knew you would have it. Yeah, for sure. Dog meat. Uh, no can... Well, we don't need to contest things here, but yeah, I was just say I he's definitely on the list for sure. Uh, so me, uh, Ace is gonna like me for this one, the Palico, uh, which is the cat companion for Monster Hunter. Um, it's been in. I since... saw him. He's pretty cute. Yeah, they are. Uh, they can talk. Um, I kind of worry that it feels a little bit like slavery in the Monster Hunter universe, but we don't talk about that. Because they always refer to all the humans as master. So it's very weird. Um, but they seem to have their own thing and what they do. And you hire them and you give them money. And they're cute and awesome. And yeah, they're liter they're my favorite companion uh, of any Monster Hunter game. There's been several different kinds of companions in Monster Hunter. But the Palicos are the best. And Chance loves the one where you can be the Palico. So you can actually be a Palico in a certain mode in Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. The one title <laughs> that you can out of the 30-something games. Um, okay, so uh, yeah. So your next one. All right, my next one is a little weird, mm -hmm. but I'm going to explain. So I have Lucien Lachance, who is... Your friend who was murdered in oblivion, and you can summon his spectral ghost in Skyrim when you are a master of conjuration. Lucien Luchance, right? Yeah. Yep. Did I did I spell that right? C I E N and Luchance. I can't really see. L A C H A N C E. Okay. Wow. Got it. That's uh. He is the listener of the Dark Brotherhood okay. in Oblivion, and he ends up getting sabotaged by somebody who's, you know, ruining everything for the Dark Brotherhood, and he gets mm -hmm. murdered, and you find your friend in a pretty messed up, like, I think it's like the darkest, the darkest quest in the beautifully painted Oblivion. Um, mm-hmm. It's really upsetting because that was my dog. 
and I was really excited, you know, 10 years later when I played Skyrim and I discovered I could summon him. Yeah. And it's such an awesome spell that you can just do it the one time and he stays until he dies. Oh, wow. Yeah, no time limit on that. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Lucy and Lachance. I never ran into that. Um, and if I did, I wouldn't. I didn't play Oblivion that far to, to know that. I played a lot more um, Morrowind than I did Oblivion. I don't know. I just missed Oblivion. Don't know what happened. Playing too much GameCube, I guess. You could even go back and play it now. I can. I own it on good old games. I, it's excellent. It's so much I've fun. I've owned it for, for a long time, and I've played the intro a couple times. I've just never gone any further than that. Like, I get out of the sewers, and I'm like, all right, I'm good. There's <laughs> there's this very cheeky Oblivion nod in Starfield. So in Oblivion, at, there's this adoring fan when you beat the arena, when you are mm-hmm. the, like, grandmaster of the arena, um, who comes out, and, you know, he's like, buy Azura, buy Azura, buy Azura, and he follows you around, he's so obsessed with you. And, like, you can kill him, you can, you know, be nice to him, what, you do whatever you want. So mm-hmm. there's a perk you can pick uh, in the very beginning of Starfield, one of three you can pick, and it's called Adoring Fan. Mm. And so this dude comes up to me, and it's like maybe hour two of Starfield, and I get to like the first major city, and in the exact same character voice, he says, by whatever the like moon is mm-hmm. in Starfield, like I don't, I, can't, I don't know what it is yet, but he says, "Buy whatever, buy whatever, buy whatever." I'm your biggest fan, and I'm like, "It's adorable." Oh, cool. So he's on my ship, and I feel like I'm in oblivion whenever I get on my ship and I hear his voice. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, that's a cool. That's a cool throwback. Huh. Okay. Might have to play Oblivion. I don't know. There's a long list of games I should play, but um. Don't you think that uh, furthering my adventure in uh, New Vegas should happen first? (laughs) I will always say yes, but, you know, I can't argue about the fact that Oblivion is an excellent game and I've put hundreds of hours into it. Okay. Yeah, I've been trying all these games that, you know, that you've played, but when are you going to try this Monster Hunter stuff? (laughs) Uh, you know, it's just like there's all these games out that I, yeah. you know, more games than I have time for. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so my number four is uh, Epona from The Legend of Zelda, which Epona is his faithful steed that appears in several of the games. Not all of them, but several of them. Uh, specifically, uh, it, he uh, Epona appears, I think she, uh, in... Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess both uh, specifically. I think there's another game that she appears in, but I don't know. I I, don't, I didn't play those as often. So Epona, which is Link's faithful steed through time. All right. Well, then I will tell you that my next one is Roach, Geralt's faithful steed through time. Another one I avoided <laughs> because I knew you would do it. Roach. <laughs> there is a uh, so I've been playing Fortnite with my high school buddies again because they don't want to play any more Diablo right now. We're waiting mm-hmm. until season two, 
and uh, I have a, an inflatable roach balloon when I uh, deploy because Geralt was one of the things. So when I nice. dive in, I have roach. Uh, I also have Geralt and some of the stuff that came with him, like his sword and whatnot. Even though his sword is just like a straight long sword. It's not really that special looking. Is it silver at least? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's acceptable then. Yeah. All right. So Roach, uh, the amazing uh, horse that finds itself on rooftops for some reason. Have you seen those glitches? Yeah, I've seen them. <laughs> the game, game has perfection in every other way. They got to have something weird about it. Yep. Uh, so continuing our streak of horses, uh, Aggro from Shadow of the Colossus, the faithful okay. steed that uh, gives its life, supposedly, uh, so that so that you can reach one of the Titans at one point. Uh, but he comes back with a limp, and then eventually the limp gets healed, which is not normal for a horse. But, yeah, aggro. The faithful horse for, I don't even know the main character's name. Shout out to the Colossus guy. Okay. Ace would know. He would. Yeah, that would be, that would be one Ace the Ace would say it to you. Okay, so your sixth, I think, is what we're on. Um, yeah, sure. I have Cortana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was another one I avoided because I figured it was in the Xbox realm. Mm-hmm. I know you're not a huge Halo fan, but... Yeah, Cortana's all right. I just figured it would be an easy one to pick. Yeah. For the stuff that you were in, so I avoided it. Cortana, of course. Um, where am I at? Oh, yeah. So I did pick something from Donkey Kong Country, but it's one of the pets. So Rambi the Rhino. Uh, Rambi is, is my favorite of the pets of all the series. He's the rhino that you get to jump on, and he charges, and he just runs through enemies. He's like the only pet that can actually hit enemies and actually hurt them. Uh, in the first two games now what is the name of the the snake i can't remember the snake's name but the snake can jump on enemies but rambi just goes through them you just run into them and they're gone uh he's he's fun it's kind of he's kind of like a fun power trip when you're on him um and i he appears in the first two donkey Kong countries but he doesn't appear in three but he does reappear for both tropical freeze and country returns so he's in four out of the five games <laughs> of course okay there was no returning pet if i remember in donkey on country 3 donkey on country 3 is the black sheep of the series because it has no reoccurring anything other than dixie dixie is the only thing that's there and cranky yeah anyways that being said rambi Rambi the Rhino. All right. Uh, my next one is the goodest boy in Fable 2. I think you can name your dog whatever you want. So. Fable 2 dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw him appear on all of the lists I was looking at. I mean, I sacrificed the whole world to save my dog in Fable 2, so no regrets. Okay. Fair. 
Um, my next one is one of the AI slash robots that we talked about. Uh, BD-1 from uh, Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. BD-1 is Cal... It's Kestis or Estes? I, I don't... I think it's Kestis. Uh, he's a little... He's like, every, you know, all of the Star Wars people have like a fun, like, side droid that helps them out. Luke, it was R2. Yeah. Anakin, it was also R2. <laughs> A uh, little bit of 3PO. BD-1 is this little two-legged robot that has, like, a small laser. And he actually doubles as, like, a zipline thing. Um, but he's a very utilitarian. He also shoots health canisters uh, for the the uh, health regain thing in the game, too. And BD-1 has a lot of personality. So, okay. I, I like him. Uh, my next one is Bloodwing. Your okay. from B- Borderlands. It's like the big, like raven bird falcon thing that oh, the hunter the has. Oh, the sniper guys. Yeah. Yeah. I exclusively played him, and I didn't remember that name. Yeah. It has like real um, deep blue sea. You killed my bird energy. Like <laughs> best friend energy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bloodwing. Uh, my next one is another robot slash AI. And this one is BT7274. Also known as the Titanfall 2 Titan uh, for the story. He is the one um, that... Uh, there's a lot... I, I know you haven't played the story, but there's a big connection between the pilot him uh your your character the pilot and his mech essentially um and he has three rules when he initializes it and one of them is protect the pilot um and that's a ends up being a very uh i don't poignant scene later on but he also does things like throw you like a football in some some scenes like he actually lines the shot up with his finger and just like shucks you it's really some fun moments, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun interactions and like robot, like not understanding jokes and kind of thing between you and the character, you know, the character and, and BT. They just shortened it to BT during the game because like having the whole call sign there. But yeah, I'll have to one of these times I'll have to show you like a clip of some of the, the things because BT is really cool. Like he might be one of my favorites for winning this. Okay. <clears throat> BT versus Tails in the final. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. All right. So next one. Um, I have Claptrap. <laughs> yeah, he was only one of my backups. Yeah, Claptrap, for sure. The funny, the funny robot from Borderlands. All of them, isn't it? Yeah, he's in yeah. all of them. Yeah, he makes an appearance in them all. Okay. Um, this one is a, a part of a recency bias for me, but, um, Torgol, which is the winter wolf in Final Fantasy 16, um, in the early game, he's just a puppy and you got to protect him and that kind of stuff. But once you sort of like jump to the present day where you're in a, your character is an adult and everyone's kind of doing things, uh, he's actually fighting with you. You can actually, 
uh, see him grow. You don't get to control what his skills and stuff do, but you can look at his stats, and he's like an a- AI fighter. You can actually ask him to a- do specific attacks and heal you and stuff. And he's a magical wolf. He's just straight up casts spells. There's a point where he turns into like a lightning wolf and like zaps everyone around you and stuff. It's he's really cool. like really useful as like a, a fellow fighter on the battlefield. Like a lot, any of the time, like when you're fighting a bunch of enemies, Torgal will have taken at least one or two of the, of the other enemies down, uh, which is not normal for a sidekick character, but here we are. So Torgal. And yeah, he just looks like a giant wolf. <laughs> All right. All right. I have Joker from Mass Effect. Okay. Since he's not a playable character. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he pulls your ass out of actual fire. Um, you know, you wouldn't be around without Joker. Yeah. You wouldn't. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, so then we, uh, for me, I have Vega which is another one of the AIs. Vega is the AI that assists you in Doom 2016. Um, he's sort of unthinking and just sort of like following the orders of, uh, I can't remember his name, Samuel something, uh, which is the robot, the human mind in a robot that's helping you in Doom 2016. It's very weird. Hayden, Samuel Hayden. Um, and Vega is the AI that sort of helped run the company or whatever. But Vega is basically your only real ally in a lot of the game in 2016. Uh, and where Doom Guy is like, or the Doom Slayer is like this unstoppable killing machine that you kind of feel is uncaring for anything other than killing demons. Um, there is a point um there's a song that's actually on the soundtrack that I have, and it's actually on my playlist. It's it's id.kill.vega, and it's the actual name of the track. Of There's a point where you actually have to kill Vega's AI to sort of be able to break in to the facility. Because Vega's, even though he can't, con- he wants you to be able to get in, his programming won't let you get in. So he's like, the only thing you can do is kill me. So there's this thing where you're doing it, it's like sort of downloading the kill program and you're trying to protect the console or whatever while it's happening. Um, at the very last second, the music builds and it's this very electronic like whining that grows and grows and grows. You kind of like the, um, you ever hear like the Dolby digital sound of the movie where it's like, like really quick, like that, that electronic build. It's just like over five minutes and builds to an even louder point. <laughs> And right at the end, um, Doom Guy hits this button that sort of ejects like a like a jump drive out that saves Vega's uh, memory to this chip, and like a jump drive, and so like Doom Guy saves Vega like at the last possible second, but also achieving his mission, um, and Vega becomes a re- reoccurring character in the following game. Cool. So I Vega's fun. Uh, he's. This definitely got that uh, GLaDOS sort of like robot. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like Portal. A little bit, yeah. Just a little uh, 
no jokes there, I guess, with that one. Which brings me to my next one, which is the companion cube in Portal. <laughs> okay. Companion cube. Yeah, I saw this on a lot of lists. My husband was making a real strong case for Wheatley, and I said he's a fucking traitor, and he's not getting he on the list. He is. So. He's, a, he's a traitor. I did play Portal 2, and I remember being very betrayed by a Wheatley. You jerk little thing. Mm -hmm. That's where GLaDOS gets put in the potato, though, which is just so funny. <laughs> okay. So Companion Cube. I don't think there's much to say about the Companion Cube other than it's a good partner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my next one, uh, you definitely won't have this one. Sully from Uncharted. Sully is the older guy that's sort of like your partner in crime uh, in, uh, to Nathan Drake in the Uncharted series. Um, if you saw the movie, he's the one that Mark Wahlberg plays. Um, I have not seen the movie. Um, Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg should have grown a mustache for this role. Uh, his mustache is iconic in the games. Uh, Sully is like the... The guy who kind of ended up raising Nathan Drake, kind of like a father figure, but he's also like the the guy who got him into crime to begin with, of stealing things and being a good thief and whatnot. So Sully's like one of those morally gray uncles kind of characters, but, you know, he has a heart of gold in there somewhere. Has a soft okay. spot for Nathan. So Sully from Uncharted. Okay. Uh, my last one is Otacon in Metal Gear Solid. Okay. I never played Metal Gear other than uh, the training missions where you get to... Um, Otacon is like your tech expert and does a lot of stuff behind the scenes for you. It's almost kind of like a like a handler for your missions. Um, sure. He also really he provides a little bit of comic relief. Pees his pants out of fear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just remember finding that really, really funny as a child. Even though what was happening to him would have absolutely been scary and warranted peeing on yourself. But sure, yeah, yeah. But yeah. peeing yourself is funny as a kid. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Um, so yeah, Autocon. Okay, Autocon. Um, so my last one on the on the main list because I'm gonna have to go over my backups is uh, Atreus uh, from God of War, which is uh, Kratos' son, and okay. who a lot, lot of the uh, games are about. The sort of demi-human that is your son. Boy. <laughs> yeah. Said boy. Yeah. Um, he take uh, he, he takes on a good support role in the fights. Uh, he's obviously... Um, growing up and a lot of a lot of your main characters focuses on his own son because his mother's dead um, and the both of them going through the grief of losing their their mom slash wife um, Atreus is very very important to the story very important to several things because he's smaller and Kratos can't get through certain things. A lot of the platforming stuff Atreus has to do and, you know, let him in because he can throw him over the wall or whatever. So, yeah, Atreus. 
And we have to do one more since the Pokemon was uh, kind of taken uh, by Pikachu, which I'm okay with. Pikachu is a great stand-in for any Pokemon. Uh, my last one is Cappy from Mario Odyssey. Cappy is the hat, the sentient hat that uh, assists Mario, and you can do all the tricks with in Mario Odyssey. Okay. And Cappy is also the one that helps you figure out what's going on because his sister is the one that's kidnapped this time, along with Princess Peach. Which all right. his sister is Princess Peach's crown. So, <laughs> I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So, <laughs> so that is our list. Um, I'm going to hit the randomize. Okay. So and I, I got to put this together put in, in my there. in my tournament bracket. Oh, no. How do I oh, do I just. I don't know what I'm doing here. Do I just go back and forth? Click on team names to change. How do I type it in? I think you click on the team name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, but it wasn't that uh, simple. doing wrong <laughs> well are they numbered they are is the list you have numbered it is then let's just do that okay so yep we'll just treat it that way in fact we'll do this side by side look at that yep so so the first fight is between team 17 and 16, which is aggro versus tails. <laughs> okay, before we before we battle them out, um, mm -hmm. we talked about the measures by which we are determining they are the goodest boys. Is how loyal they are, how helpful their support is and their personality do you have any other qualifiers to add to that list how interesting and they are maybe okay um because if it's okay. a very their backstory maybe or if it's like a very flat character like that doesn't well that's i guess that's kind of personality um but you know like yeah i guess it's all I'm thinking is running into personality. Okay. I think I think backstory is relevant. Like when you're talking about the of Vega, you know. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That, that's relevant. Okay. Sure. So we have we have the never-ending story horse versus yes. tails. Okay. Um. I, think I mean, tails... obviously, Agro has it on loyalty. Yes. I but so does so does himself. Tails. Tails would never betray Sonic. For real, he is a ride or die. He can't breathe underwater, and he'll go right in there, drop right mm. into that chemical zone with you. And he will take himself down into a pit, as well, trying to keep Sonic up. 
he will. Now, as we go into supportability, I'd like to bring into play being a parent who games and having like children who game. Tails is a ride or die because you can let your kid be Tails and it does not fuck up your game. Nope, it doesn't. Nope. And they think they're doing their best. They think that they are the best teammate. And I think that that's really supportive as a parent. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> and I know my dad did when we were kids and he was letting us be Tails. <laughs> uh, the girls very early figured on the, figured out the ruse that you don't get to control anything as Tails. So they don't like being Tails. Uh, so I don't play. They play. And I get to be Tails and be very... Um, slow and or not able to finish levels <laughs> uh so i it's a little different for me but yeah uh i think you know when you we talk about in context of the game what what aggro says you don't know too much about aggro he's literally just a horse uh so he does help you get to where you need to go faster he is not required but it's like i'm trying to think it's like not fast traveling in Skyrim. Like you would not, it would take you forever to get there. Like you got to run the whole way. Um, you, you might, ex- do it. <laughs> you, you can do it. Yeah. He's not required. However, for your sanity, he's required. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Um, makes sense. You definitely need that. That's a really helpful, supportive thing. Um, does Agro have a personality other than he will die for you? Um, he doesn't have a lot of chances to have a personality. However, uh, he does in he he does kind of have the personality of uh, Aragorn's horse in Lord of the Rings, where he is very much like I am here for you. It, it, obviously the loyalty is a big part of that personality, but um, there is a lot of him sort of like nudging you on. Like there's a point where you're like, you have passed out or something. The horse is what wakes you up every time. Um, so the horse okay. is sort of like, it, it's, it's not just loyalty. It's like an actual, you can feel that there is a bond between, um, he doesn't actually hit the horse when you need to go faster. He just yells aggro. He just aggro. Um, that's why you know his name so well in the game. Cause he just says it all the time. Um, and you can, I think you learn a lot about the horse through the main character too, because you can tell the main character is devastated when, when the horse does not ma- basically, um, it doesn't make a jump and allows you to jump. You basically Yoshi the horse, uh, and but the horse kind of forces it i guess um it's it's a weird it's been a long time too like it's been since 2013 that i played it i played the remake in 20 but they've remade it like three times now i don't know well it sounds emotionally devastating yeah Yeah. but that that being said um that's the extent of its personality so uh, is as loyal and as awesome as the horse is. I think Tails is just as loyal, but also more personality. Yeah. And he likes chili dogs. 
Okay. So it's sounding like Tails moves on. Wow. I'm kind of surprised, but all right. Tails coming in, coming in clutch. Your Tails having more of a personality than I would die for you. Is what got yep. it for him? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Our next, our next match. Nine versus 24, which is dog meat versus Cortana. I mean, it's dog meat. I'm not even. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So loyalty wise, I mean, Cortana absolutely is super loyal. There's no question about it. She will go against the grain of her programming to be loyal to you. Right. Um, but dog meat follows you through radiation like will live in your scummy house no matter where you pick it is like Mm -hmm. he will fight for you he will carry equipment for you he loots for you he does not like people who wear hats in new vegas yeah so he's got he's got some personality as well and he will fight with you he will fight with you even when he is clearly outmatched he does not run away Yep. Death yep. Deathclaw. Nah. That's just a big guy with a hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, their support ability. I do think that here Cortana's gonna have it. Um, yeah. You know, dog meat just makes you feel really good. It's fair. Carries um, extra loot, but dog meat isn't annoying though. Cortana no. has a. Cortana can be very annoying. And also, Cortana is very annoying on my computer when I'm trying to search yeah. for things. So when we go into that personality part. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Backstory. Dog- I mean, you find dog meat. You always find dog meat in the wasteland. Um, yeah. I love specifically new vegas dog meat because he's a robot dog and his brain is decaying and so you like have a choice to like kind of let him live out his days or replace his brain and you can like find another dog in the game and let that dog live its like extended years golden years in the robot dog's life so Hmm. um you can pick between like the the fiend junkie dog that's addicted to chems or mm. you can go get old lady gibson's dog at the scrapyard um and he's like a really old old german shepherd who can barely move around anymore and so he gets to like relive his golden years in the robot dog's life i always yeah. pick that dog um and yeah. then i think there's a legion dog you can pick and i would never pick that so gaia gaia so I mean, like I picked dog meat. Um, uh, Cortana is in love with your character. Yeah. Don't know if that's a plus or a minus or just neutral. Uh, but it's definitely I mean, there. I it's part guess, of the loyalty. I guess that depends on how you feel, how immersive you feel is. Uh, depends if you're attracted to AI, I guess. I, yeah, that's what I mean. Or like if you actually think that you're you know, chief, master chief, but <laughs> mm, I think dog meat wins. Yep. Yay. Okay. 
So now we have 21 versus 12. Okay. Which is Cappy versus Ramby. Uh, All right. So you got to let me know what you think. Um. <laughs> so, okay. So first of all, um, Cappy uh, and Ramby, I feel uh, like usability in the game are pretty tied. Um, okay. Ramby allows you to have this power trip through the Donkey Kong Country games do some platforming, makes it safe to jump on certain enemies that you can't normally. You can run through enemies. It's just awesome. He's there to do some puzzles later on when he can do charges, open up secrets and that kind of stuff. But Cappy is essential for the advanced movement and all the stuff you do in Super Mario Odyssey. So then we have to go to... Uh, so what was it? Personality, utility, and... Loyalty. Loyalty. Ramby is loyal to the end. Cappy is loyal to getting his sister. Now, there's nothing that would get in between that loyalty there, but Cappy's adventure with Mario ends at the end of the game. This is not a ride or die situation. If Mario wasn't able to do it, Cappy would have found someone else. Cappy thinks the only person that can do it is Mario. Hence, it's a Mario game. And Mario is probably the only person that can do it. But you do understand that Cappy is there for mutual benefit, not yeah, for so like, loyalty. If, if Mario died a fiery, horrible death, he would just be like, what's up, Luigi? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, for me, it's Rambi. Yeah. Just based on that. Uh, backstory, um, we have none on either. Nothing. Um, personality, Cappy is very goal-oriented and very, um, he definitely wants Mario to stay on task. Uh, but he's also kind of the tutorial, uh, in the, in the game too. That's kind of, so he's, he's, he's very goal-oriented, very, Let's get this done. Um, he's definitely there to help. And he definitely does, like, when something bad happens, Cappy is there also being supportive of Mario, but that's because they're in it together, and he needs Mario to get his shit together so they can get his sister back and Peach if they need to. Um, Ramby, um, he just helps because he's asked. Like, that's kind of the deal. You jump on Ramby and you go, and you're friends. Like, I don't... There's not much to him as far, <laughs> as far as personality. He's a rhino that likes to run, and um, there you go. <laughs> All right. So what are you voting? What's your gut tell you? My gut tells me that it is Ramby because... I mean, that's what I think, too, so... Because Cappy, Cappy's loyalty is, is in question. Sorry, Cappy. So number 12, Ramby moves on. Okay, mm -hmm. so 13 versus 20, which is Claptrap versus Torgal. <laughs> I, I'm going to say Torgal from everything you told me. He sounds uh, like amazing. And he, Torgal is amazing. Yeah, uh, he's he's a giant wolf. Uh, let, let me 
Let me help you out here. I am going yeah, to show me. I mean, but I'm already sold because I love wolves. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's his like that official. Alone, he's just so much cooler looking than Claptrap. And he's I think also... that Claptrap is uh, not universally loved. No, I I think it's like a hard split. You either love Claptrap or you hate Claptrap like people hate Jar Jar Banks. Yeah. Um, also, lightning form Turgle. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that looks he, like uh, something in World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. Um, he gets he gets super like roided out when um, one of the characters. Why can I not remember her name? The, uh, she's like a, she's like Clive's main love interest in the game and big character. I can't remember her name right now. Anyways, she... The dog lives and protects her until Clive comes back and then he protects the both of them. So he's like... He's this dog that's like everyone loves... And he has, like, fought for everyone, is a good fighter. Like, I don't... It's Torgal. That's who I pick. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Claptrap is is just, you know, there for the comic relief most of the time. So number 20, Torgal moves on. Yeah. So 19 versus 14, which 19 is Joker from Mass Effect. And 14 is Vega. Oh, this is tough. Okay, so... Um, okay, loyalty-wise, I'm going to say Joker follows you. Think about this. Joker joins Cerberus. Mm-hmm. Leaves the military and joins Cerberus for you. And he hates Cerberus. He hates him. And he, he still makes does that, that for Shepard. He makes that very clear. Yes, he does. Um... Yeah, that that is some serious loyalty. Um, the only and he real loves show the Normandy. He his I do think he has more true loyalty to the Normandy rather than to Shepard. But Fair. he still puts the pushes the Normandy past what he thinks is like safe and what makes him feel comfortable limits to save Shepard's ass. Yes. Now, is this true for Renegade Shepherd as well or no? Yes. Okay. Because um, I only ever played Paragon Shepherd. So, because yep. I only did, yep. I only did one playthrough of the three games. So, um, but as you know, that was a fairly recent endeavor. I think it was last year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, it feels like so long ago. It was just last I know. year. Um, the only real. Uh, show of loyalty that Vega has uh, because he is an AI is the unquestioning this is how you achieve your goal but it means killing me mm-hmm. yep um, there is no think- sense of self preservation there a- at all now I think because of what Vega is it doesn't necessarily belie loyalty he is just answering the question and entirely does so without like does give up that ability to continue to function against his 
master or, or programmer or owner, which okay. is Samuel Hayden, uh, in the service to Doomslayer. Uh, and it is more, the sentimentality is more from Doomslayer's end than I would say probably Vega's end. Um, because, well, yeah, because Doomslayer wouldn't be able to finish the job without Vega. However, Vega would have done or not done had it required it, I guess. But all access was given to the Doomslayer at that point. I, it's very... I'd have to go back and play the game to really get the minutia of the situation. But, yeah, that's the only real show of loyalty. So I think... Okay. Joker's got it on loyalty. Joker's got it on loyalty. Now, support ability. Hear me out on this. Mm-hmm. Joker, it, it has to use manual controls to fly the ship through the Omega Relay. Yes. And it's quite clear when you talk to Joker that he is, by and large, the best pilot in the military. Yes. And he makes that very known and very loud all mm-hmm. the time because he is mm-hmm. proud of that. <laughs> but like from what I know of all the science fiction that I have consumed, manual control of your ship is a big fucking deal. Yeah. So I think, like, we don't have Mass Effect without Joker. No, there's, that, there's a lot Mass of Effect situations. We don't have Mass Effect 3 without Joker. Yeah, there's a lot of situations in which his piloting is needed. And it's not just the relay. It's several situations uh, that you deal with, especially at the end of 3, where you have to deal with the sort yeah. of, like, final attack side of sort of things. And which is the... Is it 2 that... You actually have to the yeah it's two when the collectors board the ship and mm-hmm. Joker is the only one that's kind of left. <laughs> yes, and you have to play a stealth game as Joker. Yeah, yeah, as rickety cricket. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, again, Vega is an AI. It's opening doors for you. It's mostly yep. a game mechanic. Um, he's not. Um, I mean, he is very essential to what's going on, um, but that's because he was made to be that way because he's an AI. So, like, literally, it's like having you know, what was the AI on the ship? What was the In AI's Mass name? Yeah, EDE. So EDE, it's like having he's basically EDE. Okay. In the functionality of the ship, just for the functionality for all these bases that the Doom Slayer has to go to. He just um, doesn't want to. He just doesn't want to bang the pilot. No. <laughs> Vega has no interest of such. Uh, <laughs> things get all weird and fucked up uh, in in Doom Eternal, where Vega is actually God or something like that. Uh, okay. It's very weird, and I don't quite fully understand it, and it's not said very well. But you, like, download Vega into the computer systems of heaven, and then he becomes God or something like that? Oh, my God. Like, it's... Steampunk meets religion? Wow. All right. Like Yeah, it's, it's very weird, um... 
So he eventually becomes all powerful. Um, right. All right. But he still functions like Vega. So I don't. He just opens up celestial doors. <laughs> that sounds like, like, Saints Row Four, where I think it's yeah. where you just like you go to hell and then you're downloaded in the AI system. And just... Yeah, it's uh, Doom Eternal's story is just cra- Ooh, okay. crazy. Like it's just nuts. Like I don't, I don't like. I'm not a fan of their story in Doom Eternal. Like I. It's too much and it's too crazy and I just want to kill things and they're jump, they're losing sight the of Yeah, they're losing All sight right. of what made Doom 2016 story good, which was we don't give a fuck about the story and neither does the player. So Well, I'm voting for Joker here. Okay. It wasn't clear. Uh um, yeah, I think I think yeah, it hurts to say Vega won't make it, but I think you're right. I think Joker is the one that has to go through. So Joker wins. Number 19. All right. So now we have number 11 versus number 22. And number 11 is Otacon. And number 22 is Lucien Lachance. Oh, man. So this is an all you. (gasps) All right. I mean, okay. So in terms of loyalty... Lucy and the chance is loyal to the night mother. So not really you. No. And that's, um, however, there's not a lot of people that are loyal to you in the elder scrolls series. Correct. But if you're talking in terms of Skyrim, you're like a master of conjuration. Mm-hmm. He is loyal to you in that sense when you're conjuring him. Fair so enough. yes and no. Um, however, I will say this. In what's going on in the Dark Brotherhood storyline in Oblivion, and I will say it's a little hazy. It's been it's been like ten years since I've played. Um, Lucian knows that there's somebody actively sabotaging the Dark Brotherhood, and okay. and while he is loyal to the Night Mother, he is active. He knows he can trust you because you are the newest member of the Dark Brotherhood, and the sabotage was already happening before you joined. So mm-hmm. there's this like relationship that you're building with him and that he know he feels like you are the only person he can trust and he's quite honest about that. So it's like kind of devastating when he is right and you find him like gutted in in the place you're supposed to meet him at. Sure. Um so there's, I don't know. Um, now with Otacon, he's obviously, he's loyal to you. He's trying to get you through um, everything. But I also think that he knows that he is going to die. Um, and he has no other, like, way to survive the situation that he's in. Um, but Without you. He is, yeah. But he is absolutely putting himself at continued risk by continuing to help you. Sure. It makes himself a target by helping you. Fair enough. Uh, supportability. Uh, he's doing a lot of, Otacon's doing a lot of behind the scenes. Like I said, he's like your handler. He's doing a lot of uh, like information digging, opening, uh, telling you where to find stuff um, and info dumping for you as the player. Yeah. Um, Lucy and the chance gives you some good loot, some really good special loot. 
Uh, I'll give you the missions. Um, but other than that, he really doesn't provide a whole lot of support in Oblivion and Skyrim. Mm-hmm. He's better than your average conjured ghost. Um, right. Of course. I think he, yeah. So he's, he's pretty helpful in that sense, but I think Otacon's a little more helpful and supportive there. Personality okay. wise, Otacon is not universally loved in the same way that Claptrap is not universally loved. I think some people find him annoying. Um, sure. Some of the jokes or like the comic relief is out of place in mm-hmm. Metal Gear. Um, and he's like a bit of a Weasley dude. Um, yeah. Lucian Lachance is he's pretty suave, I think. I think he's I think he is. Uh, I think he's an Imperial. So Imperials naturally are more charismatic um, as, sure. a, as a perk in the Elder Scrolls world. Yeah. Um, and backstory wise, I find I find the Dark Brotherhood to be much more interesting than the life of a tech nerd. Um, yeah. So. Ooh, this hurts uh, to say bye out to Otacon, but I, I'm going to give it to Lucy and the chance here. OK, just based on backstory and personality. And yeah, yeah I didn't expect that. I thought Otacon yeah. was going to pull through, but okay. No, no. I mean, he did pee on himself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he wasn't even touched. He was hiding, <clears throat> and he peed on himself. All right. So now we have 23 versus 10, which is okay. Sully versus BT7274. All right. Hit me with now, what you think. This is going to be a tough one because loyalty is there for both of them. Okay. Loyalty, Sully, you feel like he's going to cut out on you a couple times because it's what a thief does, right? Right. Um, he doesn't. Uh, Sully would go down for you in a second. He does treat you like a son or a you know nephew or whatever you want to call him. Um, he's got a soft spot for, for your character, Nathan Drake. Um basically practically helped raise him uh since he was a, a a boy um bt despite being an ai um bt has uh, a lot of attachment to the pilot uh number one protect the pilot is the th- one of the three rules that a titan has um so priority number one is helping the pilot achieve their goal protect mm-hmm. them uh i think i think number two is complete the mission or something like that um and some I, I can't i'd have you know what i'm just gonna google it titanfall 2 uh, it'll help uh et rules That's what BT looks like, by the way. Okay. He's a it's unique. not what I pictured. I don't know why, but my brain, when you say these mechs in in Titanfall, my brain pictures like the Lost Planet mechs. Okay, so, the, okay, it's not rule number one, the protocol. Protocol one, link to pilot. Pl- protocol two, uphold the mission. Protocol three, protect the pilot. 
So there's a very poignant moment in which he flips his priority. Protocol 3 becomes to pro- Protocol 1. Okay, that's that's a big deal in terms of loyalty. Yes. Uh, cool. Oh, Which this is nice. Almost this- makes it sound like he took the, the Protocol 1 actually literal like linked pilot like bond to the pilot Mm -hmm. yeah um there are there are some great um quotes here trust me trust me is where he throws you um he's like are you sure about that bt trust me Mm -hmm. and then he throws you like a football uh my original pilot was kia and now i am linked to the rifleman jack cooper Protocol 1, link to pilot. Protocol 2, uphold the mission. Protocol 3, protect the pilot. Uh, Protocol 3, I will not lose uh, I will not lose another pilot. Uh, we had no other option. I detect sarcasm. Uh, it is good to see you too, pilot. You will never have to explain that express... Oh, you will have to explain that expression later. Noted. And a human's concept of love requires admiration, attraction... Like Jap, like Jack Cooper more. Oh, more is the click. Nope, more. So, I think, I think uh, you say I love you, BT, at something, and that's what he responds with. But basically, he's like the big dumb computer thing that that loves you, um, and it's 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 a very deep connection you feel in in the campaign. Um, and protect a pilot ends up being a very important part of that. Um, Sully, he's like, just like, I can't, I can't express just how loyal he is. Now, this is where Sully's going to lose entirely. Mm -hmm. Um, the sort of utility aspect, you Sully was there to teach Nathan Drake what he is, but that's the backstory part, right? In the actual execution of the game, Sully is there to drive the plot, um, but Nathan Drake ends up sort of being the hero all the time. Uh, Sully can help occasionally, but it's mostly you. Okay. Um, BT does a lot of things. Uh, Not only is he your partner in fighting... Um, he also helps you figure out what's going on. He is also your armor because if you get in a firefight, he will grab you and pull you into him and protect you from bullet fire because he's a mech. Um, you actually go into his chest compartment and that's how you control. And then you link to the pilot and then you, as the player control the, the BT, um, there's a lot of uh, situations which wouldn't happen without BT. BT, you know, like actually takes care of you when you're knocked out and stuff. And Sully is like, I'm out of here. See you later, kid. All the time. You got this. Like Sully doesn't doesn't win that at all. Personality. I think both of them are great personality wise. It's just difference of personality. Sully has an interesting, funny, like. Oh, well, uh, not my problem. Sort of like, you know, like the crazy uncle. And BT, like we've talked a lot about his personality of the weird, goofy robot that takes things literally and whatnot. And then 
backstory, I think we've kind of touched on that too. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion is BT over Sully. I think so. I think you're right. So number 10 moves up. <clears throat> so the last of the uh, first set of matchups is 15 versus 18, which is Bloodwing versus BD1. Okay. With uh, Bloodwing being, well, what is that guy's name? The Hunter? Because uh, oh, you got man. Brick, you got he, oh Mordecai, is that, is that Mordecai. right? Mordecai, that no, that yeah. does sound right. Yeah, yeah, I always remember the other two, but <clears throat> Mordecai. Even though I played Mordecai, so you've got Bloodwing. Who uh, I do have experience with Bloodwing and BD One. Uh, Bloodwing. Bloodwing, it's a bonding situation from from Hatch, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Just like. Just like any other uh, falconry. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't think loyalty is a question for Bloodwing. Yeah. I think, uh, like any falconer knows, you know, you're attached. It's, you know, it just your family. Um, BD1 is extremely loyal to Cal Kestis as well. Uh, BD1 constantly puts its own self in danger all the time to help out Cal and has been with Cal since before he learned anything about the fate of the Republic and all, all the kind of stuff that Cal Kestis is going through. He's just as ride or die uh, as any Yeah, other. I, I think little droids like that are like, the dogs of the Star Wars universe. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Um, Utilitarian-wise, a lot of the special abilities that Mordecai uses involves the Falcon, Um, but that's kind of it. You you just kind of just attack with it every once in a while. I think it does have some scouting things for abilities, but that's... I think that comes into play as well in the... uh, Two at least. I haven't played three, but I know that Bloodwing does the scouting for Mordecai, and that comes into play for the story. Yeah. Um, BD1 does all sorts of stuff. He fixes stuff. He helps break into chests. He's just as utilitarian for gameplay as Bloodwing is. Uh, in that aspect, um, story-wise, BD gets Cal out of a lot of situations, uh, just as any Star Wars story. Someone gets captured, the other person mm-hmm. rescues them. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to understate. BD never functionally leaves your side in the game. Uh, to to my knowledge, I didn't beat Survivor, um, but I played quite a bit of it at least a bit of it maybe i don't know how far i am in survivor (laughs) but i played it um but i did beat fallen order and yeah bd1 is there through the whole thing um personality bloodwing doesn't have one yeah blood bloodwing has nothing bd is the cute little android that has a a bit of a person bird a, a bit of a sarcastic personality it's not that different from r2 but i mean r2 was an interesting art you know robot he's a little different from r2 in the fact that r2 is like 
kind of ornery. Whereas BD1 is just, I don't know, quippy, I guess. Um, okay. A little more nice, I guess. So it sounded like BD1 is going to make it. Yeah. Through. I'm yeah. thinking BD1. Yeah. All right. So we're not out of the new matchups yet um, because we're still going to, we're going to be starting getting into some of the uh, other picks we haven't talked about yet, but we are fighting winners from previous okay. rounds. Okay. So, so we, I think we can go quick then with the quicker winners versus winners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But this isn't, this isn't a winner versus a winner. All of these are a winner versus someone who wasn't, there's a buy for everyone. Essentially. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so team one, which is the companion cube versus our winner <laughs> team 16, which is tails. I mean, it's, it's tails. Yeah. And I don't have no, I, it's tails. It's tails. Yeah. Companion cube yeah. is funny, but like, it's not yeah. any one of those things compared to tails. So yeah, tails at, moves you on. know, at most what it is, is it helps you get through some of the levels by being a nice little placeholder. Yep. So it's uh, tails. So team nine versus team eight, which is uh, dog meat versus Pikachu. Oh, oh, God, that is horrible. Yeah, because I think Pikachu wins. <laughs> oh, my God, I want to recuse myself because I don't want to vote against dog meat. But oh, oh, now hear me Pikachu out. does win, though. Like we do got to talk about Pikachu a little bit, right? He's got yeah, the person. If you talk about the anime alone, he's got the personality. He's got. Yeah. He's hilarious. He's adorable. He's loyal to the end. Yeah. There's a point where he meets a whole. I, and I'm not going to lie. When I was like 12 and see, saw this episode, I cried. Because, like, I didn't Bro, want Pikachu to Bro, every single leave. episode of. Like, almost every single episode of the original series made me fucking cry. Like, I don't even want to rewatch when we get Charmander. <laughs> like, <laughs> Bye Bye Butterfree. Oh, no. No. <laughs> <I'm>, yeah. <laughs> You're right. There are so many just emotional episodes. I forgot about that. <laughs> but the one where they find the community of Pikachus and they oh. want... And, and Pikachu chooses Ash over the Pikachus. It's that's yes, that's super emotional, and that that was even worse than when Ash is contemplating evolving Pikachu to beat Lieutenant Surge. That was also a really sad episode. Yes, yeah, yes. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, there's obviously no question about the loyalty, supportability. Obviously, it's Pikachu, especially if we're talking about anime Pikachu, who apparently just has, like, every fucking ability that Ash needs as needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, just bust out that Iron Tail whenever you need it, Pikachu. Um, yeah. Personality-wise, um, you know, I still kind of want to give it to Dogmeat on that. But Pikachu, and especially anime Pikachu, is very precious and funny. And and, and certainly has it in its own mind and personality from the yeah, get-go. Yeah, he does. He does. It's, yeah. it's Pikachu. As much as it paints me to pick Pikachu, it is Pikachu. All right. Pikachu it is. Why is it not let me pick? 
We're still in run. Mm -hmm. So why, oh. That's like at the bottom edge. What is going on? Come on. I don't, what? <laughs> It's this, okay. Why? See how it's turning into a, like a move? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, you know what? Did I zoom in on accident? Nope. I don't know. Oh, gosh. This is aggravating. Here, let's just do this for a second. Oh, come on. There we go. Jeez. Okay. Got it. Technical difficulties. I'm sorry. All right. Roach versus the winner, Rambi. Okay. Okay, so um, I'm going to make this very simple. Roach wins because Rambi okay. has no personality to speak of. Utilitarian... Yeah. They're both there. Loyalty, they're both there. But Rambi's personality is, I like to run. Um, and Roach, as a horse, has some personality there. And a little bit, yeah. It isn't shown as much as um, spoken through Geralt. Uh, more so in the books, which isn't really what we're talking about. We're talking about games. But you do see it in The Witcher 3 to a degree. Uh, yeah. Of him talking to Roach, especially like when you first attach the griffin head, if you remember that. Roach mm -hmm. doesn't like it. Um, but he's like, ah, whatever. Deal with it. So I think right. it's Roach. All right, Roach. Nope, that is not what we picked. No! Dang it! How do I undo? Maybe click on the one... There we go. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Cool. That's just not real. The gosh, why I had to click on the very line now. All right. So uh twenty, which is our previous winner, Torgal versus the Palico. Um I mean you Palico. tell me what you want, but I am biased for the wolf. Palico, here, here's the thing. Utilitarian and Palico wins, hands down. Palico is an extremely customizable. Uh, it can bring you heals. It can pick, revive you if you die. It can help your damage. Uh, very extremely customizable. Um, it can actually gather rare materials for you, so it's an extra drop chance. Utilitarian just wins. Um, okay. Torgal, as good as he is in the game, and as awesome as I talked about his utilitarian skills, people pick the Palicos over the Palamutes for many reasons in the newest Monster Hunter stuff. Palamutes being the dog equivalent. Um, I, I assumed Malamute. Yeah, yeah. I'm just clarifying just in case. Um, 
<clears throat> so the Palicos, uh, I, in my opinion, between the two, having played both, yeah, utilitarian Palicos win. Um, personality, the only time that a I mean, the, the Palicos in general have a personality, which is a lot, a lot more slapstick than anything else. Uh, in Monster Hunter World, your Palico does have a personality, but it's a specific Palico, and it always in the same cutscenes and that kind of thing. So there's a personality there. Um, it's it's there. Torgal has just as much of a personality. Loyalty's there for both of them. It's just a matter of this is a toss up for me, honestly, between the two. Well, if you want me to game break it, I'm gonna pick Torgal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I will defer to you to you on that one. It just feels like a way more badass direwolf. Yes. Magical direwolf, yes. Yeah. And that's, in D&D, exactly what a winter wolf is. Yeah. They're even bigger than direwolves, actually. Well, then, that, I, it's even more why I picked Torgal, then. <laughs> All right. I haven't so even our played this game, but I love him. <laughs> so our previous winner, uh, Joker versus Sparks the Dragonfly. I, be, I mean, come on. It's, it's Joker. It's Joker. Um, <laughs> Thanks for playing, uh, Sparks. <laughs> Sparks is cool. I like Sparks. Sparks doesn't have much of a backstory. Yeah. Sparks also doesn't have much of a personality either. So, yeah. It's it's Joker. Okay. Uh, so our previous winner, 22, Lucien Lachance versus Epona. Okay. Um... So Epona has a personality, which is sort of like, as far as a horse goes, mm-hmm. um, very defiant personality, even to Link. Now, um, this is, Epona's in the open world Zelda games, right? So obviously, no, this is, no? No, no. Epona, okay, so there are only generic horses in, there isn't, uh, there isn't an Epona, to my knowledge, in either Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, okay. So Epona exists in two Zeldas, to my knowledge. There could be a third one. Ocarina of Time is one I have most ex- remembering of her. But Twilight Princess is a... Um, she is named Epona, and she is more used in Twilight Princess. Okay. Um, and I do believe it is a direct reference to the Epona from Ocarina of Time. I think she's specifically named after that horse from Ocarina of Time. It's not like Link and Zelda where they are straight up reincarnations of the, you know, of themselves throughout time. But Epona um, is loyal. Uh, There's a lot. There are times where Epona does save Link and and that kind of stuff. Uh, The utilitarian stuff is there. You need Epona specifically to get to certain areas of the game. Uh, not just ride around and faster like aggro, but the, it's also gated behind. You won't be able to make this jump without P- Epona. You need her to get to the Gerudo Fortress at some point as an well, adult. Sounds like Epona. Epona is going to take it. Um, And then there is some personality, especially in getting to know Epona, where Epona is like, 
you have to earn your keep. I'm not going to be loyal to you until you have proven to me that you are who you say you are in the hero of time or whatever. Like, Epona does have a personality and is very independent. Yeah. I, I think Epona takes it. Okay. Over Lucian? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so number seven, which is our newcomer, which is Atreus, uh, the God of War's son, versus BT7274. Oh, all right. What do you think? So, um, loyalty is there uh, for Atreus. Atreus is loyal to his father, um, even though um, I don't think that you plan on playing. So I'm going to give a spoiler. So go ahead. Spoil it away. Spoilers for God of War Ragnarok, folks. Don't listen for the next 10 seconds. Um, Atreus does leave and um, doesn't intend on coming back per se, um, because he okay. leaves to sort of live his own life. You raised um, your son and now he leaves the, the nest. Yeah. I don't okay. think that, that, I don't think that undercuts loyalty. I think he would no. still be loyal to his father. That's character development. Yeah. Um, just saying it's, it's there, right? Like it, okay. he does, he does leave. Um, they do get in fights at times and they don't want to interact with each other. But I mean, family whatever yeah um uh, we know the backstory he's you know it's grieving yeah his dad's you know like a bit of a big deal yeah (laughs) yeah uh but so is he um he's actually loki in the story he is the uh because they figure out the mother was was a was a frost giant or whatever part of the giants. Okay. Um, and yeah, so they kind of switch up the the lore. Um, uh, personality. Um, he's a young boy. He's trying to figure himself out. They obviously put a lot of personality into him. Um, he is fully voice acted through all the whole game. Um, I think uh, it's hard to, to say, but like as as a game character, it's interesting because Atreus is a good character. There's nothing wrong with Atreus. However, this kind of boils down to Atreus to me isn't all that interesting. There's nothing unique about Atreus's mentality they do an extremely good job of making him feel like a teenager who doesn't know what he wants to do with his life until he figures it out which unfortunately to me is far less interesting than a robot that that (laughs) that you know breaks his programming to save the world like i agree i agree with that so it's not that he isn't a good personality it's not that it was it was done extremely. It's vanilla. It's boring. It feels personality-wise, he's very vanilla. Even yeah. though he's in a fantasy setting and he does all sorts of cool things, um, he's also not as useful as BT in combat. Like you don't get to, you do play as him, but like he is the weaker link between you and Kratos. And it's obvious that when you 
combine forces with BT, you guys are unstoppable, it feels like. Whereas... Sounds like you're making an argument for BT. I think I am. Um, so I think BT moves on. All right. All right. And now we have number 18, uh, which is BD1 versus the Fable 2 dog. Ugh. Okay. So I'm going to make my, my case for the Fable 2 dog here. Okay. In terms of your loyalty, you get the Fable 2 dog as a child. You save the Fable 2 dog from kids who are like beating it and throwing rocks at it in the street. Um, and you're like a kid who is, you're an orphan, you have nothing, you live in the streets, and this dog comes with you because you save it and mm-hmm. like accepts that you have nothing except you. Um, and then when you go through your like happenings uh, with the antagonist, um, the dog waits for you. Uh, yeah. And then when you get out of, of the mansion, um, the dog is there for you. The dog um, goes everywhere with you, even in the, in water caves everywhere. will go into every fight with you. And in terms of like how effective it is for fight at most, it's pulling aggro from mobs. Um, the dog can't die. The dog doesn't do a whole lot of um, damage, but it is helpful for, you know, you're playing by yourself. So, like, you mm-hmm. can bank on the dog kind of pulling some shit off of you. Uh, so you get your bearings straight. Um, but outside of combat, the dog is very helpful because there are dive spots and there are dig spots that only the dog can access. And yeah. they're in some of the areas later in the game, um, like after end game, are only accessible, and you wouldn't be able to get that stuff if you do not save your dog. So yeah. obviously, spoilers for a very old game. Um, at the end of Fable Two, you have a choice to save the world, save your family, which includes your dog, um, or have a shitload of gold. So yeah. I always, always save my family and it's not because I care about my whatever like random NPC that I have uh, married and bred with, but I want my dog. I want my dog back. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my ride or die dog. Personality. He's sweet, affectionate, loving. He wags his little tail. You get to pet your dog. You get to play ball with your dog. Um, and I think it'd be the backstory on the dog. So Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so if we break it down, um, loyalty, both are, uh, what we'll just, what I'll say is unquestionable. Both Mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. Um, utilitarian. I feel BD wins on that. Um, only because he's always there and you need him for things. Let me be a little specific about, the loot that you're getting, it completes loot's armor sets. You cannot complete the sets without sure. finding it with the dog. And if you don't get those before you sacrifice your family, then you can never have complete completed those sets. You don't get those bonuses. Okay. So, I mean, they're at least equal, right? Yes. Okay. Backstory, I think the dog wins. Yeah. Personality. Um, I think BD. I think BD wins on personality. 
just because the dog is just like a dog. It's like it's like having a gold retriever yeah. following you around yeah. all the time. You know, personality. Yeah, BD does have indeed a personality. So that's a it's a tough one mm. because a lot of them they're either tied or you know they're winning in one category over the other. So I guess it's do you prefer a mechanical dog or a fur dog? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, the problem is I have no attachment to the Fable 2 dog. Yeah. I have no attachment to this droid to BD, that's not yeah. BB-8. So, um. BD-1. <laughs> so we're, we're kind of we're at, at an, an impasse. impasse. We're at an impasse. I will. I will, I will Shall we flip a coin? Oh, hold which on. Which dog wins? <laughs> I, will I will concede that the Fable 2 dog wins based on the fact that BD one. Let, let's let's think about this. I would pick life over AI if we had to choose. Okay. Okay. So it's coming down to you pick fur over wires. Okay. It, because they are tied in in every in other else. aspect. Yes. Okay. It is the tiebreaker for me. I'll say so, on Reddit, a lot of people said the Fable 2 dog. Yes. So now we are into the true matchups of winners versus okay. winners. Okay. Uh, so, Tails versus Pikachu. Ah! It's Pikachu. I mean, yeah, it's, it's Pikachu. Pikachu. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, there's no way. Uh, yeah. 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 So, uh, Roach. Versus Torgal. Okay. Um, I think Torgal. I think Torgal because I think Roach, uh, as much as it's awesome that Roach is probably kind of the winner of what I would call the horses. Um, <laughs> the, the, we have several horses on this list, as many as yeah. dogs. Um, Roach is cool, but you don't know a lot about Roach. We know everything about Roach through in the games. Uh, through Geralt. And and what I know from the books is that Geralt names all of his horses Roach and that any iteration of Roach that he is with in the books may be a different Roach. Yes. So 19 versus 6, which is the Joker from Mass Effect versus Epona. I think your vote is Joker. Epona yeah. is I'm okay with Epona taking a backseat on on that one, because um, uh, Joker has more personality than Epona, even though Epona does have a personality. As far as horses that we've talked about, she has the most personality, but Joker has more. So, All right. move on that one. All right. So now we have BT versus the dog. Fable 2 dog. Now, we literally just had this situation of AI versus dog. Now. But I think this is a little different, though, because. Yes. You have you have an AI that is starting to personify. Yes. Um, mm, yeah, it's tough. I, I think. Because I think if we had BT versus versus uh, BD, BD, I think BT, BT would win. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And I think that there's a greater loyalty there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To break your programming, essentially. Yeah. 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 I think we have to give it to BT. Okay. As All much right. as that hurts me, I, I think we do. Come on. There we go. Gosh, I have to click so many times. We are now to the quarterfinals. Okay. Okay. So who's our final four? We have we have BT. We have Pikachu. Yes. So <laughs> we have number <laughs> eight. Yeah. Number eight. Uh, so Pikachu, Torgal, Joker, and BT. <laughs> so this this is all this is this all is not this is not who I expected to see in the final four. Right, right. Well, because you know we had some uh you know like they say in the the March Madness and that kind of stuff. There's some upsets here because there were there were because Pikachu's gonna blow blew anything out of the water because we we didn't ex like we would expect tails to go towards the end right but like tails I, murdered by pikachu because he's a yes, flying type yeah and pikachu's a lightning <laughs> i was going to make that yeah joke we, we, didn't were on even, the fence. we didn't even get that <laughs> yeah but and i honestly i made a much more convincing argument for joker as i talked about it than i originally expected when i put him on the list <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So our first matchup is number eight Pikachu versus Torgal. Oh. We can't we can't do lightning type stuff because Torgal's first awakened ability first was lightning. His second was ice. He gets all of them just like uh, the main character. But yeah, I mean, is this Ash's Pikachu? <laughs> it, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. Because it doesn't I, do we, matter if it's Ash's Pikachu. He always has the type advantage. Yeah. Yeah, he's got that steel tail. Yeah. Um, um, oof, this is tough. I, I have no attachment to this Torgal other than my personal bias. That I think, I think wolves are cool. I think... No, I think as far as like... Here's what's going to come come down to, right? Okay. For okay. me, I think we are we are at this point. We're like ninety nine versus ninety nine on on like all the stats we've been talking. Yes. About. Yes. I'm going to are. introduce a new one in this late game. I just thought of because okay because I feel it's relevant. How much are we going to remember the character of Torgal? versus Pikachu. You are correct in that aspect. Pikachu is Pikachu a is going a pop to pop culture phenomenon. Right. And Torgal, while new and doesn't have that kind of status, that it's only going to be known to you and people who heard about Torgal and people who played Final Fantasy 16, which isn't a small amount, but it's smaller than Pikachu. Yeah, Much smaller. Pika Pikachu's toddlers know who Pikachu is. Yeah. Yeah, Pikachu is going to stand the test of time, I think. Yep, I think I think we have to take that into account because we're, yeah. in, we're in an even keel. All so right. Pikachu, Pikachu takes it over Torgal. Okay. And then that brings us to BT versus Joker. Come on, game. There we go. Not game. All right. Yeah, BT versus Joker. Uh, I feel I feel that. We are kind of in 
I don't think we're in the exact same situation. No. Um, because as much as Joker has a great personality, <sighs> like I don't like I don't like Joker that much. Sure, it's Seth Green. Well, no, but I think that that's valuable because Joker's not like hated, but Joker's not like. People aren't talking about Joker like that's their favorite character from Mass Effect. No, because there's so many other. It's obviously Garrus. Everyone's favorite character is Duh. Yeah. Duh. But we we can't use Garrus because that just There is no Shepard without Vicarian. Right. But I will say, like, that's just a quote from the game. In actual application, there is no Shepard without Joker. Period. There's no Garrus without Joker. There's no fucking anybody without Joker. Fair. That's true. And in the same on the same thing, there isn't a pilot without BT. There isn't like BT but, is phenomenal. So I'm not familiar with Titanfall, but like mm-hmm. Commander Shepard saves the galaxy. And that's true. <laughs> and the scope is smaller for Titanfall. Um, it is the fate of a planet versus a system. Mm-hmm. 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 But I think, I think, uh, I don't know. I- I'm, I'm biased. I'm going to say Joker. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, L- let me, let me think on this for a second. To see if that, because like I've played both, I have experience with both. Um, I mean, we just have to decide who's gonna go get murdered by Pikachu, so <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah, uh, I think this is gonna, in, in my brain, this is gonna be the problem of Pikachu versus uh, the same thing. Pikachu versus Torgal. BT, as great of a character as he is, um, I think when you compare the two games, I think Mass Effect has more of an impact socially than does Titanfall 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, as I think much you're right as I personally like Titanfall 2 way more than any of the Mass Effects I played. Don't get me wrong. I loved when I actually finally played Mass Effect. But the stuff that I love about Titanfall is being reflected in the gameplay that I love about Titanfall. I love the story. Don't get me wrong. I the, My favorite story that I played in 2016 was this game. Hands down. It, there's not a question. But... I would say the story is better in Mass Effect. There are things that are better about Mass Effect as a game, which makes Joker's influence more important. So I'm going to give it to Joker. Okay, that's very big of you. <laughs> Unfortunately... I, I had to ask some of my great loves as well. Yeah, no... I told you, BT was one of the ones I was pulling for to win. Like, He did make it to the final four. He did. Unfortunately, I think Joker gets killed by Pikachu. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Pikachu iron tails right through his crickety little legs. Yep. Champion is Team 8, which is Pikachu. That was fun. I, You know what? I I think we should do more stuff like this where we change it up instead of just doing a list. Um, Yeah. That was a good idea, Sasha. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Um. Yeah. So we have uh, uh we have decided that Pikachu is the best psychic slash ally. He is the goodest boy. <laughs> yes. Um. I guess I could stop sharing my screen at this point. Yeah. There we go. So yeah. Um. Pikachu wins. Cool. Um, I didn't expect that either. Um, now when I said any Pokemon, cause I was thinking of Pikachu, but I was thinking like, there's so many Pokemon to just follow anyone. So I was thinking more in terms yeah. of the game, but you, and you can, I think Ash's Pikachu is an acceptable answer, even in the context of games, because Pokemon yellow is supposed to be Ash and Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah. And you have Detective Pikachu as well, which is obviously a totally different type of game. But um, at one point, uh, there were talks, and I think uh, there was actually tests of him being voiced by Danny DeVito. <laughs> I'm not joking. I love that so much. <laughs> uh, have you seen the ads for the new Detective Pikachu? Because they no. made him... You need to go look it up. They make him sound like an uh, like a gruff noir detective. Amazing. Like he's got a deep voice. He's like, "Hey, it's Pikachu here, and I want my coffee." Like, and he's obsessed with instead of doing cigarettes and cigars, he does coffee because it's a more family oriented thing. But love it. Yeah, it's Detective Pikachu is 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 looking to be really good. Um, and I guess they were talking about having Danny DeVito voice him in the movie too at one point, but obviously ended up being Ryan Reynolds. So, which is okay. I'm okay yeah, with Ryan Reynolds. It's fine. I like I like his comedy, and that movie scarred Mr. Mime for people everywhere. Oh. Yeah, I I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so um, obviously you're going to be keep playing um, Starfield. Yes, that is the plan. So how has that been going? You didn't like um, how far are you now? I am. I have probably put like 15 hours in. Um, okay. I, which the bulk of that was on Monday. Uh, it's why I caved in. Um, I saw that if you had game pass, you could just pay for the platinum upgrade instead of buying the like flat out hundred dollar, like pre-order edition. So I paid 30 bucks for the platinum upgrade so I could play it on Monday when I had the day off work, knowing that, you know, I was going to work a shitload of hours and work all day today and I wasn't going to have time. So I put the most of my time in on Monday. Um, I'm level seven. I am playing it like how I play all games. Uh, My starting skills were stealing and security and um, persuasion and 
Oh, no, no, no. Persuasion was the first skill I picked when I leveled up. So I started with stealing, stealth, and security with, like, a street rat backstory. and. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because I feel like I just can't play these games unless I steal everything. Um, yeah. And I recently learned, I haven't done this yet, but I recently learned that you can, like, steal ships Grand Theft Auto style when people land on planets. Uh, so I fully intend to add this to my criminal, like, enterprising. Um, That's funny. Yeah. I do not like the com- first companion that, like, rolled with me who's from the main storyline. Um, she's got a real stick up her ass. Her name is Sarah, and she judges me for stealing, even though she told me that she doesn't care what I do to uh, get results. But yet she can't keep her mouth shut when I get results. So I don't really care for that. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Okay. It feels it feels pretty overwhelming still. Like, okay. yes, control like combat and everything feels like fallout 4 minus the bats um like inventory management all of that feels like fallout 4 so all of that feels very familiar but like the fast travel system is integrated really tightly with your ship and your ship controls and like navigating a totally different type of map system because it's mostly like your star map that controls that i feel very out of place right still like i'm sure i'll okay. have that fluency in in a you know another like 10 or 20 hours but right now it still feels really weird yeah. um i think that i'm gonna end up feeling disappointed just because i i don't think that it's possible even with technology where it's at for a game to deliver on this idea of like a thousand worlds, but still be detailed and rich. Yeah. 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 And, and that's, that's where I was saying, I was like, I'm not, uh, I'm smelling an over ambition here when they talk about this stuff. Like with, yeah. With, Cause like as much as I'd like to be optimistic about things, like I can, I can fall for the, for the sales pitch at times. I really can, but I've come to realize that a lot of times we're talking to salespeople on for games. We're not talking to we're not talking to the developers. We're not talking to the people who made the stuff. And it's become painfully obvious with games that that I'm closer to, like Diablo, where we got this, this, and this, and the developers are like, I cannot believe you said that. Like, like we were not ready for that. And then you, they're forced to deliver on that promise or not. And then answer for it later, which is exactly what happened with cyberpunk. Like cyberpunk is like the poster and, child for this. And no man's sky. Problem. Same thing. Yeah. Um, well, for me, cyberpunk is the poster child now because, because of it's, it has been fixed, but it's No Man's Sky was the probably the biggest one to to begin with, and mm-hmm. now people legitimately like that game, um, and that's why I was waiting a little bit on this one. Also, I just didn't, yeah, I just don't want to dive in when I've got other games that I'm playing 
at the same time, like Baldur's Gate, which is just as big. Uh, <laughs> I've heard, I've heard though that there is New Game Plus in Starfield, and I'm not sure that I love that. Um, yeah, because you can like carry through your character, carry through your like your character's progression, but you abandon everything else, like all your loot, your ships, your money, like yes, and that completely breaks one of the like fundamental aspects of Bethesda games that I love, which is like my hoarding and sorting. Yeah. Like you're asking me to just abandon my collection. Like I found every fucking book in this galaxy and then I'm just going to abandon it because it's new game plus. I don't love that. I, I don't. I have heard uh, so the one review that I did, the one in-depth review that I did watch, um, they were impressed by that aspect because they made it story relevant and they made it interesting on what changed in New Game Plus. Is what I he guess, said. but it's... I don't want to play a Bethesda game that is filled with fucking trash. Like, and when I say trash, I mean like pick, pick up lootable objects. The game yes. is filled with stuff and none of that matters. Like, none mm-hmm. of that will carry over to a new game plus. So whether you want to, like, collect ammunition or, like, aid or, like, whatever, or you have your weird collections, like in Fallout, I collect colanders and cram because it's funny to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that t- makes that part of the gameplay just irrelevant entirely to me and then i'm like well why am i playing this game like that take it's taking part of that joy away from me yeah i get you i don't know maybe maybe you'll feel different when you see what the reasoning is i don't know what the reasoning is i or maybe you won't and but nothing says you have to do the new game plus i feel like it's addressing the way that a lot of people played Fallout 4, um, as well as Skyrim, which is they play everything but the main storyline. Because my understanding of this new game plus in Starfield is that it's all tied into the main story. You're going to, like, you know, um, resolve whatever's going on in the main storyline, and then it restarts the system, and then you can choose not to do the main story, like, at all in the new game plus version. And so it's like, I feel like it's forcing you down this like funnel. Yes. This funnel of like, you have to, you should not that you have to, but that you should blitz through the main storyline and then play new game plus and then play the game that you would like to play. But that's not how I want to play a Bethesda game. I don't want to play a linear Bethesda game. I want to play an open world Bethesda game and play how I want. Okay. And I feel so, like they're trying to force me to play another way and I don't I don't care for that. So uh you you what you're talking about here is not unlike what Chauncey's going through with a lot of the games he's been playing lately. Okay. Tell so me about he's that. been he, so he's been playing all these Atelier, which are these alchemist anime games. I can't even tell you the full title because it's like seven words after Atelier. And I don't remember it's some character's name or some... I don't know. There's like 20 of these games apparently on Switch. And they're all about the same things. 
And he wants to play the mall because he's a fan of whatever this was. Um, which is fine. Um, but what he's doing, and he's done it for all of the games, is he the world opens up to him and he wants to go explore. And then he gets punished for exploring because the game wants him to progress storyline. And the way he gets punished for exploring is that like he overlevels content and then there's certain things that are locked behind story progress and it makes it actively more difficult for him to do things. Um, he ran into this with Diablo where he refused to move on after trying to 100% an area. Uh, and then the game was like, Hey, hey well, well, maybe you should do the story because you know, you'll unlock more tier of gear. That kind of, and I understand that, you know, it is a play your way thing like that, but you and him, uh, want to do the same thing. However, I asked him, I was like, how many times are you going to get burned by the game telling you to do the story first before you listen, or are you just going to put down the games? Because he's forcing himself to go through all these titles. I don't think that that's the same situation as you where he's... These games that he's playing are harder, like much more harder than this, like trying to beeline you through the story. I was like, when are you actually going to listen to that or are you just going to complain about the game not letting you do that? Like, I don't... I, like, if it's clearly telling you to do this and then you're not doing this, then what are you doing? Now, I'm not saying that you should just do the story. Obviously, Bethesda games have a history of you just ignoring the story and that being fine. It's not like you were conditioned to do the story first, right? It's um, usually the very last thing I do. Like, I will do everything in my power not to get those dragons activated in Skyrim for as long as possible. Right, because, I mean, you don't want a random dragon attack Messing with the dragons are always killing the towns. No, I don't care about the dragons attaching me. They're always killing the fucking NPCs, and then oh. like it messes stuff up. And... Okay, well, it's, a, it's just it's interesting. He's going through a same issue. He did it with Diablo as well, and like I don't know what you what you were doing in Diablo, but it very much does want you to go through the story. Yeah, no, I'm having the same problem. This I haven't played Diablo in several weeks but like i still don't have a horse yeah because it yeah because it's through story progression yeah and so i'm not saying you should but i'm saying like this sense tends to be the trend that they're doing now i like to explore like you at least in skyrim um now here here's a question for you um what happens if there's a timeline limit for doing the story, but you can still do side quest stuff within that time limit? I think I would probably treat this in the same way that I played uh, Morrowind, which is this. First time I played Morrowind, I destroyed the thread of the prophecy, but you can <laughs> still keep playing the game. Yes, you can. So, like, that first character became this, like, overpowered over leveled just murder machine and all i did was just kill and steal and i did not play the game that was not like that character and that save file was just for shits and giggles and i had yeah. like every possible loot like you could find except for the stuff that was tied to story progression because yeah. i because i destroyed the thread of the prophecy 
But the second time I played Morrowind, I did not. I followed, you know, all of the rules. I didn't fuck with House uh, Rhetoron, and I, like, didn't steal from all the guilds, and I didn't murder people, and I made it through the whole game, and it was a fulfilling experience, but it was not as fun <laughs> um, as sure. the Shits and Giggles character. Um, but by the end of that game as well, I, that character was even more overpowered because I had all of the other stuff plus Sunder and Keening. So thinking about in Starfield, if this happens, um, I just think I'm going to have a Han Solo character and is my first character, essentially. I don't really care mm-hmm. about the story. I'm just going to steal and like renegade through the galaxy and do whatever I want with my like buddy and you know whatever if I don't even resolve the storyline or new game plus with that character uh, it's what it is what it is and then I think I'm gonna make like a different character different save file that will funnel through the new the story as quickly as possible and then move through new game plus and then play the game how I want to play okay that's so, kind of what I'm envisioning is going to happen. So I have done the thing where I have adjusted how I play because of things like I dealt with in Diablo. Um, where I have started, and the, actually what started me on this path is Skyrim, right? I was so distracted by all the other things, I never really finished the playthrough with that original character. Didn't even have interest to. Didn't even know where I was supposed to go anymore. Had so many side quests and stuff i was just like i don't know what i'm doing anymore so i started a new character and that was my character who beat the story uh i originally did like a like an argonian sort of like thief type right and then and then i did uh the half orc heavy armor two-handed battle axe with restoration spells um where i just healed myself through a lot of danger and then also just swung at people with an axe and then i also did stealth and bows because why not so i had like the well, that's because that's what everybody does yeah you yeah know, you have a plan but then you yeah there's and carrying a bow yeah because it's just awesome to shoot someone from a distance and get the slow slow-mo piercing them in the back of the head with an arrow um however um i did finish that playthrough so much to my surprise, when I start playing Baldur's Gate 3 and when you progress through a chapter, it warns you, hey, if you got things you want to do, you better do them because you can't come back. Um, and I was like, I think I got everything. I think so. I did not. I'm missing whole entire characters. I'm missing whole entire like people to bring along on the camp. Like... Um, you have like a camp that have like NPCs that come around with you on your adventure that you can do stuff in the camp with that I missed. Uh, like, uh, apparently there's an owl bear that can join you that I never got, um, because of what I was doing. Um, so because my brain has been taught by these other games to sort of focus on the story, I've been missing out on side content entirely. So 
I'm gonna. So again, I'm I'm going to impress. You're going to like Baldur's Gate because it wants you to fuck around before you move the story. Good, and because that's the way. That that's what I want. I don't want linear progression. I don't want my end game to look like your end game. No, and 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 that's true. And my end game already, even though I'm doing what I'm doing, looks way different from many other people's end games because I have done some things that are. Insane. And I, I like, I, honestly, I cannot wait for you to get into Baldur's Gate because I really want to talk to you about this stuff. Because there are things I did in the story that I consider bonkers. And I was like, because one of them, and this happened, uh, I think this week, maybe this Wednesday, it does the D&D dice roll. So when you do checks, I think I told you about this. Yep. Um, I had a story moment that I felt was important that like, I need to win this role, like, or I want to win this role. And, um, I, in my head, I was thinking, okay, this is going to be one where I spend some resources and spend some rerolls and whatnot. Cause you can get rerolls gifted to you through the, throughout the game. Um, I want to win this role. Then the check like number of what I have to hit comes up as 30. And I'm like, well, I only have a plus six. So on a 20-sided die, that means 26. Now, the way D&D works, if you roll a 20, it's a critical success, so you succeed. Um, So I had to roll a 20, or my plan wasn't going to work, right? I was not in a, I guess I could have kept reloading the save if that was the thing, but that's kind of the thing is if you want to sort of have an experience, you can save scum it and do certain things to sort of force down a path. But this is my first playthrough. I wanted to take it more naturally. I get my 20. And I'm like, hell yeah. It then immediately requires a second check of a 21 when I have a plus three. And I was like, oh, no. So I got past the first level, but there's a second level I have to get past. Well, being an easier one, but not easy. Because I have to roll an 18 or better. I roll a 19. And I completely, completely change the direction of some things in the game by those two rolls. And there are going to be people you know, people's playthroughs that did not do that, did not have that chance or that was easy for them or whatever, because they had set up some other things. But for me, that was a really cool moment that like, I sort of like, I felt like I changed my ending based on that result because going to be honest, it's because I didn't focus a lot of attention on this character and it was specific for this character. And I was like, because I'm focusing my attention on the people who are in my party, but there's people who can switch in and out of your party. And it was one of those people that I don't have in my party usually. And I was like, okay. So it's really cool that you can have all these people and still interact with all of them and do things. Now, like I said, I have entirely missed certain things. In fact, when I was leaving chapter two into chapter three, it gave me like a little sad dialogue because I didn't do this certain thing. And you're like, 
and you wonder if you could have done more. I was like, fuck you, narrator. That's so mean. I tried to do more. I didn't know what to do. And then I looked it up. It's like, what I, what would I need to do? And it's like, literally at one point, I made it so that I couldn't do that. Like, I'd have to do a whole new save. Because my saves didn't go far back to... Because there's a series of events that, that I didn't start. And I'm entirely okay looking stuff up in this game. And even saves coming to do some certain things because it's just so big and so wide. And I'm just like, I don't, I, I you know, there's certain things that I want to achieve and I'm not going to achieve them unless I know how to do them at times. So I'm not looking everything up, but there are certain things that I'm like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Especially fights. Like some of the fights that it's like, I've been at this for two hours. What am I doing wrong? And... Yeah. So. Well, sounds like I'm going to like that more than Starfield, to be honest. So. Maybe. Maybe. I'm just waiting. It's supposed to be coming out for a Series X, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's what I've been more focusing on my time on lately is that game. Uh, and then I've been playing a lot of Fortnite with the guys, but that's that's not an always thing. Yeah, I've mostly been reading, like I said, in what little bit of free time I have. Uh, I, I finished a book that it, it was fine. I didn't really love it. It was my first spooky book of the season. Um, mm. And I just started reading Misery. Oh, okay. And <laughs> I obviously, I've seen the movie. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. But uh, I'm I'm a little taken aback by how much darker and uh, visceral the book is. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie, so... You haven't seen Misery? Nope. I feel like you need to watch Misery. That is a horror movie for horror virgins. I mean, I've watched The Meg... The Meg is excellent, great fun, and I was really upset by how much they disliked that movie. Uh, I don't even, I'm not even done. That's the episode I'm currently trying to get through, and it's become a chore to try to listen to them complain about a movie for all the stupid wrong reasons. I, and I just, yeah, that movie was so much fun, and I, I, went, I saw that movie in theaters, and we were cheering. We were like, it was so much fun. Like, yeah. Just take the stick out of your ass. That movie is so much fun. Right. It's not a good movie. It's a fun movie. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I haven't been listening to them as much. I'm I'm a little tired of their their uh, negativity at times. I I don't listen to it like you know. It's not a first day listen for me. It's a uh, I haven't listened to it in a while. Yeah. 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 I just also I'm playing games that require me to actually listen to the game too. So like I haven't mm -hmm. had a ton of time. So like I got I was playing while I was playing Baldur's Gate 3 and then I got to like a certain point where I was like, okay, I got to pause that and listen to what the game's doing cuz if I'm doing the same fight over and over again, that's perfect time for me to listen to podcasts. Of course I'm getting frustrated cuz I didn't 
Oh boy. <laughs> well, I've... I think that misery is a perfect fall, you know, Halloween, getting in the spooky mood movie. You should put it on your list. You should watch it. You know, talking about things that stand the test of time and are major pop culture things. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I have Ernest Scared Stupid. I feel that. <laughs> I feel like you can't, you can't like picture Kathy Bates without thinking Annie Wilkes. Like it's like it's like her iconic role. I get you, but. I don't know. When I think of Halloween movies, the ones that come up to me are Ernest Scared Stupid, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Tucker and Dale. And that and those are all ones that I like. Well, not Nightmare for Chris, Before Christmas as much. And the, the girls kind of ruined it on me that on that last year, but you know they'll probably want to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I've been not bringing it up to my kid because once it starts it's going to be non-stop every yep. day so yep it's just in- avoiding the inevitable as long as we can although she's been really into witches like real heavy on witches so i think Hocus we might focus yeah she she made my husband watch one and two all in the same day um, i haven't seen so the second one yet it's yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I think I'm it's sure. fine for a kids' movie, but you know, it's not like the original. Now, I there is a spooky movie that I want to try to find uh, that I saw as a kid, maybe like a teenager or or maybe middle schooler, that was called uh, "I Was a Teenage Zombie." And it's a weird, hokey movie that's kind of like a teenage, like, romance movie. Kind of like he's trying to get the girl kind of thing. Except... There's one that I used to rent from Blockbuster like that, and it was called My Boyfriend's Back. And it I loved it. I loved that movie. This one... I may be wrong on the name, but um, he was at a store... And it's getting held up by some robbers. It's, you're talking about my boyfriend's back. And he kills Upchuck. Or Upchuck kills himself with the axe. Because he like throws it up and it hits him in the head. I don't remember the axe. He gets shot. Is what I remember. Yeah, well, yeah no, no, no. The, the boyfriend gets shot. And then he comes back as a zombie. And is like, yes. he, goes, he goes to prom like as a zombie. But the bully in the movie, who's played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, is accidentally kills himself because he goes to attack the zombie with a fire axe and he throws it up like this and he hits himself in the head with the axe. You know what? Yeah, I think now that you've explained it, I think maybe it is the same movie. Yeah. Yes, yes. I watch this movie all the time. I used to rent it like, oh God, my poor parents. Oh my God. <laughs> so I haven't seen it since that time, but so I've been wanting to watch it. I loved that movie. I, I also saw something on Facebook of like, it was a, a like clip of, do you remember this movie? And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I need to watch it. I loved it. That was like my Halloween now and then. Yes. Yeah. I, I 
that and it was Ernest Scared Stupid that was like those are the two that I watched all the time. See, I never watched Nightmare Before Christmas all that much. I saw it like in theaters when it came out and then everyone was obsessed with it. And I was like, it was OK. Like, <laughs> I was just like, I don't understand what's going on, people. Like, <laughs> like a hundred, a hundred watches ago, like groundbreaking, visionary. Love it. But now it's like we'll get like random. Just now it's stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. is Halloween over and over and over again. Sure, I mean the songs are catchy and they're awesome, but like I just I don't I just it just goes over my head for some reason. Um, I just don't. I, I I'm not into the aesthetic as much as a lot of my friends were, and I just uh, I don't know. That and the 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 Corpse Bride. I loved the Corpse Bride when I first watched it, and I then like I was the like. Bride. And, and then, like, it just sort of wears... Like, Tim Burton just wears on me. Like, I am get over him very quickly. I'm just like... Even though one of my favorite movies is a Tim Burton movie, um, why am I... Why am I blanking on the name? The one with Ewan McGregor. Um, Big Fish. Oh, yeah, that's not really one of my favorites. I like it. I've always liked it. I don't really like movies that make you feel things. I mean, I do, but <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> feel things other than funny or happy. I, I guess no, no, no. I just mean like I don't. I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry when I watch stuff. Um, that movie doesn't make me cry though. And I cry at a lot of movies. I'm not super into like romance movies or uh, like a rom-com is fine, but I'm not, I'm not really into stuff like that. And I'm not really into like coming of age stories. Sure. I don't know. I didn't really like the last book I read. It was like, it was presented as if it was going to be slasher fiction. And it was very much coming of age. YA masquerading as an adult novel. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. I I can get, I can be very sentimental at times, obviously, but like, ah, eh, I don't. Big Fish for me was all about the storytelling aspect of it. How much it was just like, I, I was really sold on the idea of what was more important. You know, obviously it was tall tales, but like, what was more important was that he met and indeed like he made it sound so fantastic when everyone thought it was so mundane, but he made everything fantastic. It was, it was an interesting, like, even though it was a lie and I I certainly don't want to talk about my life in that aspect as a lie, but it was something grabbing about the fact that he just, he made everything sound so wonderful. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what, what got me, into that story. Another one that I really like along those lines for kind of those reasons is Interstate 60. Now, I know that one you probably haven't seen because it's not a super popular movie, but it's got... Um, I'm blanking on... No, no, I don't know. Guy played Cyclops. He's in Hop now. He's in Sonic. James Madsen. Marsden. Marsden. Yeah, there yeah. it is. It's one of his early titles. It's got Amy Smart in it, too. 
Um, and I, I actually think I've seen, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just about a road trip and it's about this weird concept of like, in a world of infinite possibilities, you know, in, in a universe of infinite possibilities, you know, yada, yada. And I just, I don't know. I get into sort of the concepts of movies sometimes and really enjoy them. And that was, that's what Big Fish was to me. Same with Interstate 60. It was more into the concept um, of it. Now, later on in life, I just want to watch something that makes me laugh, like Hot Fuzz. I've watched Hot Fuzz I so many times. Just the kicking the grandma in the face every time gets me. Um, just the quips. Like, did you take care of him? Yarp. Is he going to get back up? Narp. <laughs> and that's the hound. That's the hound in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Is it? Oh, wow, yes. that's funny. Yes. I didn't I didn't recognize him at all. Yeah. That's funny. That's some good yeah. makeup. It really is. See, I I think for me, um, for movies or media, I wanna feel like excited. Um, or, you know, if it's possible, if you can scare me, that's great. I do like a good laugh though. I do like a good time. But yeah, for me, comedy it's, it's is horror, sci-fi, thrillers. Did comedy. I did I tell you that I'm taking a comedy class this next no. Monday? Yeah. So my my parents are super into stand up comedy. They actually have sponsored helped sponsor some events locally and that kind of thing. And there's this local comedian who does a lot of events and stuff and she's running a class and I guess I'm going to the class and people are like, so why are you doing it? So obviously I'm not going to be a stand-up comedian. I'm not that funny. Um, but I am trying to at least learn something new. So maybe I can be a little funnier on the podcast. Just a little funnier. <laughs> <laughs> just, okay. just try. Or... You know, a place to meet people. Start your the- hoochie daddy season. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so that worked out so great last weekend because it didn't. <laughs> God. Yeah, that was dumb. Like I mean, like that was that situation didn't feel super awesome to begin with. And then yeah. Nope. She just asked for money, and I'm just like, no. Nope, don't got it. I'm poor. Bye. Sorry I wasted your time. <laughs> Gosh. Well, anyways. So, uh, next week, we'll we'll figure it out. Um, we're not done with the whole list that your husband gave, but I'm not sure if we're going to... I don't remember what the last subject was off the top of my head but i'm not i don't i don't remember it being. it was about one. music it was about it was about like making a new guitar hero but you had suggested like form melding that together with like notable gaming music at one point that the, yeah that was the other yeah and, and the problem is like i was never into those like i i mean i played them everyone did but like i I do not remember those games fondly. I remember a lot of my friends being drunk and playing those, and I don't drink. 
So I was left cleaning up the mess and actually being the only one doing okay at rock band. And like, it was just not fun for me. And as someone who actually played an instrument at the time regularly also, it was like, this is the dumbest shit I have ever, I would rather (laughs) go to school and play the stuff in band than what we're playing right now with this plastic little guitar, like, or drum set or whatever I was on. Well, I had the opposite because I am not a musically inclined person. So I a thousand percent will bark at the moon on that plastic little guitar and I'll have a great fucking time doing it. <laughs> and that, you know what? It's fair and it's a valid experience. It's just not one that I had. <laughs> It was just not fun for me. Um, Understand. So, I you know like I think that those can be done well, but like the ones that I really connected to were with things that were goofy and stupid, like Donkey Konga, where you played bongos, and you had to clap and do the bongos and stuff. And I figured out that clapping, it didn't like it had a microphone so you could do the clap, and it was a little dodgy on recording the like the clap so i figured out that if you slap the sides of the barrel it picks up a clap better so i was doing like bump a bump bump like on the side like a like you know they do on real bongos like yeah. it kind of felt like i was playing bongos at that point and it was kind of fun but like i still to this day do the there was a song get busy child which is a pop song and i would still do the bongo one too it was like like i just do that like when i'm bored sometimes that same one but that's the only one i really connected to and it was just okay it's also where i first heard rock lobster before family guy started making jokes about it because that's where i next heard it and i was like yeah that's the thing on donkey conga I'm like no it was a song before that and i was like i only ever heard it on donkey conga <laughs> So yeah, so we'll we'll figure it out. Maybe we can find something to deal with it. I mean, I really. <laughs> um, so I booted up. This is one thing I I did uh, Wednesday. I booted up Exo Primal. Finally, I installed it because Jared was possibly going to play tomorrow. Um, so we I pre-installed it, and most games when you install them, it's just the whatever the PlayStation just ambient noise coming on, but. Exo Primal, for whatever reason, they turn on the th- the main theme while it's installing, and while you're sitting on the home th- screen. And I was like, okay. And I was I, w- I installed it, and I was sitting here doing something else, but I didn't have my headphones on, and it was playing that. And I was like, what is that music? And I was looking at it. I was like, what? And I was listening to the music, and I was like, that is really awesome. So it's 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 like um, in the same vein of Doom where it's this like electric metal stuff and I'm really digging it. So I bought the soundtrack immediately. I was like, I want to hear what the rest of the soundtrack is. So I got really into Exoprimal soundtrack recently. It was really good to me. I, I understand. I, I enjoy video game music a lot more than most people. I've come to learn this. You do you. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, anyways, uh, I think that about does it for tonight. I think we did a pretty good job with that one. I think we'll have to adopt adopt that format again for some other things. Yeah. 
was fun. Because it, it's a lot more interactive than just, hey, here's my list, here's your list kind of thing. It's a good idea. So. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you want to follow us, at Hunter's Hub Pod on Twitter, uh, slash X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, if you want to follow Ace, at Ace Badger Gaming. Uh, and, um, yeah, we still talk about stuff. You'll hear stuff about the podcast. Of course, join the Discord, where you're going to see a lot of stuff about Starfield, really, from Mossy, still. Uh, apparently, there's just piles of bodies in all of his ships. I don't know where those are coming from. Uh, because <laughs> I'm trying to av- I'm not really trying to avoid spoilers for Starfield but I'm also trying to not be over inundated with it before I try to get into it you know what I mean like I'm not I'm not I'm trying not to get bored of it before I get into the game which can happen to me like I think that's happened to me with a few games um yeah and yeah my my friends are either a disappointed that I didn't like armored core as much as them or b uh, one of my friends, Bobby, has always talked about. Uh, he says I continuously have bad takes on video games, and I was like, you know what? I think you and I just don't agree, and I think you you have bad takes. How about that? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I told him, I told them, not him in particular, but them that I traded it in, and they were like. Everyone was like, really? You don't trade in games? And then Bobby was like, no, I saw that coming. I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, it is surprising for you. It is, but, I mean, what I did it with sense, it. though. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, I'm trying to do too much game-wise. Like, I'm really trying to play too many games. So, I needed to cut down the list somewhat. Um, but I did turn it around and got a box of flesh and blood cards that, uh, I, you know, I don't talk about the card stuff too much with you, but, um, I, I flip cards if I don't need them and I only need a certain card from the set that just came out. So a couple Wednesdays ago, I was going to get a box in general. So I got it and I made money on the box. It cost 70. I traded in 120 something dollars worth of cards. Nice. So I flipped, I had some extra credits still from that transaction. And then I turned in these games. So I got another box and I think I made money again. I think, I don't know. Jared hasn't told me all the way yet, but I did pull what they call a Marvel, which is like the highest rarity. It's like a super rare card. And I was like, I was opening the packs and I got it and they're supposed to be super rare. And I was like, Hey, I started laughing. I was like, Hey Jared, how much is this worth? And he was like, fuck you. <laughs> Cause he's been trying, he's been opening packs too. And it was like, I keep getting the good stuff. And he's like, how did you do that again? How did you get another Marvel? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I also got another legendary in the same box, and those aren't supposed to be every box either. So I'm two for two on both. I'm not gonna push my luck a third time, though. Nope. I'm two and done. I'm good with this one. Cause I, what I'm doing is I'm looking for a $60 card essentially, and I'm trying to avoid paying $60 for it. So I'm paying $70 to maybe get it and trade stuff in. But I don't think that's the case.
He's got to get it at a later point or wait till it drops. Or wait till it drops. So. Alrighty. Well, I guess uh, that's all. So we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Later.